0: What is going on? Welcome to the Land Podcast. This week, we have a great episode with Lincoln from PackerMax. And this is all about food plots, the pitfalls of them, how to have a better food plot in less time, less money, and uh, less weeds, which to me is what else could you ask for in terms of uh, putting together a food plot on a budget. And so I bought at PackerMax here about a month and a half ago. And uh, in terms of uh, utility that I have... Uh, ut- in terms of equipment that I have available is my dad's WD WD forty five Alice Chommer. That's what I planted my ten acres of beans with the, with a two row planter. So I there's that is your frame of reference in terms of uh, an upgrade for time and everything else. That is the frame of reference. So um, great conversation. Hope you guys really enjoy it. No major announcements here on the front end. Just want to encourage you guys to head over to. Uh, our website Exodus and see what we have going on with the arrows and cameras and everything else and all the content that we're putting out on those platforms. And then also if you're new to this, the goal of this podcast is to help 100 people buy their first piece of ground. And there's three ways to be added to this spreadsheet of 100 people. I'm getting like two or three a week. So I just want to appreciate the folks that are reaching out, but to get into it. Number one, if you are in the state of Illinois and I can personally help you and you're in an area that I know happy to help. Number two, if you are looking for an agent to get connected with and want someone that I would personally do business with, I'm happy to connect you with someone that I know. If I don't know anyone in that area, like for instance, if you're in Rhode Island, I don't know anyone in Rhode Island. So I won't send you um, an agent because you can Google and figure out who you uh, mesh with well. Number three, if you just simply learn something from this, let me know. I'll add you to the spreadsheet. It it, It could be something that you would not have thought of prior to buying a piece of ground or about in the process of buying a piece of ground that this podcast has helped. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Thank you to Lincoln for taking the time. And until next time, here we go. All right, we're live. We have a Lincoln here from Packer Max and uh, it's, it's the depths of food plot season. Uh, I know everyone is, if, if they have food plots, they're going in or they already went in or they're watching the uh the 10-day weather forecast like crazy to see when we're going to get some more precipitation um but first off thanks for coming on here and if you want to take a moment to introduce yourself that'd be great
1: yeah sure no problem thanks for having me um so my name is Lincoln Roan and uh I am you know yeah we're right in the middle of the food plot here food plot season here but I am the owner of Packer Max Cultipackers um our headquarters is in Rockford Michigan and uh I've owned this company for about uh about four years now. And prior to that, I was in sales at a local company in Grand Rapids and, an operations manager. And, uh, but I've been food plotting and screwing around with food plots for 20 plus years. And, um, I've got a little bit of knowledge in, in that. <laughs> so, a
0: lot of years, a lot of years. Yeah.
1: So yep. As you,
0: you, you bought Packer max four years ago. What was that like from mm-hmm. the day you bought it to, to what it is now? Cause I know you've added some new products here, um, Uh, here recently. So what's that been like?
1: It's been a wild ride for sure. Um, I mean, it's, 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 I'm, I'm for all practical, you know, short of any fancy terms, I'm living the dream. I really am. It's, uh, you know, I've been very blessed along the way and and gotten, you know, there's, there's been a lot of key people uh, along the way that have, that have helped me, uh, in, in various ways, um, whether it just be advice or, you know what to do what not to do helping here in the shop uh you know helping us get product out the door uh advertising for me uh you know social media stuff like that and uh you know so i've had i've had a lot of great people that i've met in the industry along the way uh that have been very helpful and and just plain hunters you know that love that love it have a passion for growing food plots and and hunting and managing their properties and so uh, this business goes right along with that whole you know that whole lifestyle and i call it a lifestyle because that's really what it is i mean i you know we're we're thinking hunting breathing planting you know 24 7 365 so um you know during the winter we're we're planning out the following season already so
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is funny how it is a, a full year thing for for a lot of people. And one question I have for you is obviously right now, mm-hmm. no-till has a lot of uh, excitement interest around it. And so, what's yeah. that been like to your business as uh, being one of a really good option for people that want to implement more no-till food plots? I assume it's got to help a lot.
1: Yeah. So, um, so the whole no-till process has really been i'm gonna it's not it's not technically a no-till yeah um it, it's you know there's no-till planters that are you know but i mean this is a no you're not tilling the soil and that's where the the, the no-till comes in so um you know a lot of guys are trying to to minimize their um, application of herbicides they're trying to uh, increase you know their their organic matter in their soil and just increase the um uh, the quality of their soil, um, you're cutting down on, you know, your inputs for fertilizer. There's just a lot of advantages to it. You're not breaking that soil and and turning up, you know, a thousand years of of weed seed. Um, I heard an interesting stat today um, on the Gamekeeper, who are also partnered with a podcast, um, that one weed can produce 4 million seeds. Wow. So if you think about that in your weed bank or in your, you know, the seed bank that's currently in the soil, you know, you till that up. You not only are you bringing it to the surface to 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 get sunlight, but then we're going to go ahead and pour a bunch of lime and fertilizer on it. And so it it it's really weeds have just been a never-ending battle uh, for myself included, um, and so the no-till process keeps you from stirring that weed bank up. Um, to help minimize the amount of herbicide you actually have to use. So what everybody is, or a lot of people are very familiar with Jeff Sturgis, um, using his no till process of planting buckwheat, uh, just broadcasting buckwheat onto the dirt, you know, after it's been treated for weeds, um, called to packing it in with the packer max, and then your brought, you know, your buckwheat comes up, and then you know, four to four to or six to eight weeks later, um, you don't want to get it armpit deep, but you want to, you know, waist deep at least. And then you don't really, you don't want to go to seed either. Um, so, uh, you would literally time it back to where you want to do your planting for brassicas. You'd, you know, from say the middle of July to the first of August, you'd count back six weeks and that's when you'd plant your buckwheat. Mm
0: -hmm. That's Um, well, in, so this, this past year, uh, I planted, I did the buckwheat on, this is before I bought the, the Packer Max. I just, mm-hmm. I sprayed it with glyphosate and 2,4-D and then followed it up again a couple of weeks later with glyphosate before I threw out the buckwheat. And yep. uh, this is just old cattle pasture that I don't think has probably ever been worked. Um, yep. And I'm like, I don't know how this is really going to germinate. This is, <laughs> and I'm, I was a little nervous. I was like, did I just throw however much money worth of seed on the ground? And by golly, right. the the picture I sent you is that spot and it came in so yeah. good. So good. I'm so surprised.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it really is, uh, you know, and I guess at the end of the day, it all comes down to to mother nature and how much rain she's going to give you. And, um, you know, this year we absolutely battled, uh, every, everything we planted in the spring this year up in New Eagle County, we lost, Mm. um, from screen to switchgrass to, uh, miscanthus grasses, um, you know, uh, vitalized seed the soil builder seed uh, buck everything everything was a complete loss my clover field even it was beyond just dormant where the clover was actually you know shriveled up and brown um, which we did get a couple of rains uh, last month and so the clover field has kind of recovered a little bit but it's still incredibly dry and so um, part of that whole you know, part of that whole process is you I don't care what you do, you have to get help with. Sure. The so, um, but yeah, if you just, if you just, you know, do exactly that, now what you're gonna have is you're gonna have a great base because you'll be able to seed, you know, either brassicas or cereal grains into that, crush it all down and spray it. Um, and, you know, you're gonna have a weed free, beautiful food plot. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and it's, it's just been a really effective way. You do have to, there's a couple of drawbacks. Uh, one of the one of the positives of like a buckwheat rotation is, uh, you know, we're all everybody's concerned about our pollinators right now. And, you know, there's a lot of flowers, you know, to be had on these buckwheat seeds, uh, or buckwheat plants, um, you know, so it's great for for the pollinators. And, um, but you don't want it to get Two developed into that stage to get you know to where it's producing a seed head because you don't want volunteer uh you know seed or buckwheat. buckwheat girl because it's gonna out compete everything you plant so mm-hmm.
0: that um, was the other thing I noticed too because when I was out there before I planted it there was just bees everywhere it was pretty cool mm-hmm. to see but it yep. I guess so let's let's go back just a little bit. So let's imagine someone right now, they want to increase their food plot game. So buying a tractor is expensive. Buying a lot of implements is expensive. Um, A lot of places aren't very tractor friendly, meaning they're hard hard to get to. And so what I find really fascinating is, is this system is kind of like food plots on a budget to the extreme. Because if you have a four wheeler, and you have a 25 gallon sprayer, and you have you buy some buckwheat and, you, and that Packer Max is going to help so much when you, you know, knock it over to plant it later. Would you say that's okay. one of the, the most to have a, because people can do a budget plot, but it doesn't mean it's going to be good. I would say this right. is probably one of the cheapest ways to actually have a true good stand uh, of food. Yeah.
1: Pot. Yeah. To have an excellent stand, of food plots. Yeah. Right. It definitely without question. I think this is the, that's the best rotation that you can do uh, with minimal equipment. And like mm-hmm. you said, you know, quad sprayer Packer Max, um, you know, you're golden and, um, you know, buckwheat is probably one of the most prolific growers out there. I mean, you can throw it Crazy. on the concrete here in the shop and it's going to boom Yeah. Uh, again, given adequate moisture. So, um, and then once <laughs> yeah. that, that was, that,
0: that was still is the most surprising thing. Cause like this, imagine a cattle pasture that probably has never been, I burnt it this spring, but beside from that, like, I say, yeah. there's no way that this is going to germinate effectively. Mm-hmm. And it just turned into a beautiful stand and we did get some good timely rains, but yeah,
1: back to your point. Yeah. So, you know, and then one of the, one of the drawbacks, you know, it's not a huge, you do increase your seed rate, um, you know, because you're not, you're not putting it in into ideal conditions for germination. And so, you know, you, you do have to uh, increase your seeding rate just a little bit. Um, Like, you know, if they're calling for say with, with rye or one of our one of our um, uh, blends that we sell here in the shop is called grain bin. You know, it calls for 100 pounds an acre, you might want to have to bump that up to like 150 pounds an acre, um, roughly brassicas, um, you know, four pounds per half acre, you might want to just do like five, um, you know, per half acre, just just bump it up just a little bit just, you know, because you're not everything you put down is going to germ. but with the buckwheat holding that moisture there with with the with the drought that we have had um, that also helps retain that moisture and there's actually a lot of moisture within the buckwheat Mm -hmm. and so um you know it, it by not cracking that soil you're not you're not exposing that surface of that soil to direct sunlight and just you know cooking it for you know lack of a better term and I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, uh, Grant Woods. So he, he did a uh, he had one of the a laser, you know, temperature probe. And he took um, the probe and, and pulled some thatch aside that he had crimped down with, you know, it was it was rye thatch. And he, he hit the temperature of the surface of that soil was like, like 80 degrees. On bare black dirt, he hit it, it was like 130 degrees. Wow. So that was like light bulb, you know, uh, you, you crack your soil, you till it, there's nothing there. You, uh, and you, you, you broadcast, you pack it in. That's all great. Um, but you are literally scorching your soil. If you don't, I mean, if you don't get any rain, it's just going to, it's just going to dry that out, and, um, become arid very quickly. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that's the, that's the interesting thing too, because if you're using some of these, if you're using this method, you don't have to buy equipment. You may scoff at having to buy a little bit more seed, but the cost mm-hmm. benefit of not, oh, not having it is uh, you can buy a lot more seed for a really long time before there's ever a break even. And not, right. I mean, tractors are awesome too, and and uh, we'll get oh, to yeah. this later. But I think. Uh, just for someone that wants to get into having good food plots in a, in an affordable way, this is by far I mm-hmm. think, the easiest. And I've tried, I've tried a lot of different ones and I've failed a lot. And I've really tried implementing this, this strategy this year where I did some with the buckwheat and then I did some that mm-hmm. was just uh, weeds, um, yep. kill, killed them. And then, you know, there's still a thatch and mm-hmm. I checked it last night and there, a lot of stuff is still germinating really well.
1: Yeah. you took the words right out of my mouth because that's, that's literally one of our plots is in the—it's you know surrounded by that willow brush and and it's a little slow spot going in. And if we have any rain at all, we can't get the tractor in there. We'll bury it right up the axles, and um, so that plot we've almost gone to entirely. Um, it's just swamp grass, you know, just just grass. We'll go in there two weeks ago. I went in there and sprayed it, and they'll glyphosate. And we'll go in there this weekend and broadcast you know our 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 grain bin you know it's rye wheat oats and peas and top seed it with with red clover and we'll just pack the snot out of it with a packer max and knock all that down pack all the seed in and we're out of there you know and we will end up with an awesome food plot Mm -hmm. so you know yeah there's it's as long as you have some fats there you know you're good Mm -hmm. so and it can work in just a weed field too
0: yeah, that exactly, and then there's a lot of those too because you know if you're not maintaining, yeah. it's so much easier just to go in and do that. Uh, and yeah. it, that that was the other interesting thing too is the it saves a lot of time, a, a ton mm-hmm. of time, yep. a ton, yeah, and and multiple yep. trips as well. That was, uh, gosh, how much time do you think it saves you on like an acre food plot? If you let's say you had a oh. a six a six foot you know rotor tiller, they had to go mm-hmm. two
1: miles per hour. Yeah, you got Yeah, and most of the time, especially if you're cracking, you know, soil that that hasn't been worked a lot, you know, yeah, you got to go slow. Um, you know, when we tell I'm gonna say, we have one of our fields is, is a basically an acre is a football field, for all practical purposes. Um, I would bet it takes me an hour and a half to two hours, just to till that field. You know with a with a a five foot tiller and then you have to depending on what you're planting you know if you're doing brassicas or clovers you got to pack it first then go back and broadcast your seed then pack it again um so yeah it's a considerable time savings fuel savings um you're not you know no wear and tear on your tiller because i mean it's probably one of the most worked on pieces of equipment out there on food potters is a tiller because they they're just not made for what, you know, we're using them for. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're made for tilling in a garden, not, you know, acres and acres of food plots. So mm-hmm. Yeah. With stumps and roots and everything else.
0: I was just going to say, yeah, it's not like a, a beautiful ag field. That's been an ag field for the last 150 years. That's, right. uh, that's definitely right. interesting. And that was, um, because it, it's just so fast with, with this method, you know, obviously a chemical was really expensive this year. Do you think that'll go down?
1: Um. I'm sorry, man. All good. Um, hey, Jeremiah, we grabbed this. Um, so yeah, chemicals—absolutely um, crazy expensive this year. Um, we were selling last year. We sold glyphosate uh, in the shop for uh, forty bucks for two and a half gallons. This year, we're cheap at one hundred and ten. Yeah, I mean it's insane, and, and you know, a two and a half gallon jug of two four D is you know, 80 bucks, um, it's yeah. So, a lot of this no-till stuff we're talking about, you still do have to, you know, you still do have to spray. Um, if we get into the crimper attachment, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to spray as much. I'm not gonna say you're gonna to completely eliminate it, but uh, but it's, you're gonna have to, your input for, for herbicide is gonna be a lot less, uh, doing a crimping method of uh, terminating say rye going from a rye and buckwheat rotation so mm-hmm.
0: yeah and so the other uh the other thing too in terms of just these benefits of of basically doing this no-till rotation kind of made made popular by uh jeff Durst just with the with the buckwheat mm-hmm. is all the less erosion too where because yep. you're putting these in these kind of compromising spots re- realistically in terms of yep. for the soil and mm-hmm. what are you doing you're working that dirt right before giant rain and uh, right. a, ma- a massive uh, uh, erosion event mm-hmm. and uh, yep. one of the food plots I have is up on top of giant knob and I remember I worked the soil last year and it you could see erosion lines and then obviously not doing yeah. that this year felt a lot better <laughs> just yeah. knowing that I'm not uh, contributing to that
1: yeah, all your topsoil is and up at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, and your fertilizer and seed and everything else. Now, that's one thing you know on conventional tillage. You know, with a, with a packer max, um, if you can, you know, say if you got a knob and you you pack along, you know, this way, not vertically, but this way, horizontally, um, it will help cut down on that erosion mm-hmm. uh, considerably. So, you know, just a tip if you are if you are going to till. Mm-hmm. um on a slope but but yeah you're not you're you get, you're not cracking that soil and you're not you you still have the root base in there even though it's going to be breaking down and even the roots yeah i mean you get you get into you get into uh you know the the root mass and just think about all that organic matter that's staying in your soil too just the root mass is considerable mm-hmm. um you know when that breaks down that's all feeding your soil so
0: have you uh, seen your food plots improve over a two three four year period using this method because you're not to your point you're not reintroducing weeds when you when you work the ground mm -hmm. every year and you're just building up organic matter and putting nutrients back in the soil Um, Mm -hmm. do you see it visibly get better or does it get more popular or is you know the plants pulling up more nutrients after rotating radishes in there and everything else
1: um, so we most of the time. So one one particular plot that we've done no till on yes, it's absolutely improved the soil. Uh, without question. I haven't personally done enough of it on some of our other plots to to, to know for sure. Um, we have increased the quality of our soils with organic matter, you know, lightly tilling it in. Um, you know, we our sandy super sandy soil in new Eagle county i just got my soil test back i had it sitting here somewhere but the organic matter was 2.4 uh which is really good in that soil so um you know so it can be built quickly um even just by incorporating say a buckwheat planting back into the soil um not even you know not even talking about just building it from the top down but um but yeah it it you know as as we start to do more of the no-till stuff, I think that that you will, you know, Jeff knows what he's talking about. You know, he he has increased soil quality considerably by the doing this, you know, buckwheat rotation. So, yeah, um, one thing, one thing that he did say about you know about crimping like like uh, cereal rye, which made some sense. Um, you know that that it takes nutrients to break that down, you know, those stems, the buckwheat breaks down super easy. Um the, the the rye stubble takes it does take quite a bit of you know nitrogen uh to help to break that down um and it takes longer so um so I don't know what's what, interesting you know yeah so there there's you just gotta kind of keep that in mind for you know for for that as well if you're if you're doing a, a a cereal grain I'll say cereal grain because rye, oats, wheat uh rotation with buckwheat because it does take more to break down those uh, those stems so mm-hmm.
0: I mean that makes sense cuz how uh to your point how much moisture is held in the buckwheat and then also it, it mm-hmm. feels kind of like a wimpy plant where uh rye yep. you could whip someone with it or you know it's it's right. a lot more hardy uh, for <laughs> yeah.
1: for uh, yeah for definitely mm-hmm. yeah yeah it is so just
0: to recap, so this this method, some of the the benefits I had mentioned down is just the general soil health is going to improve. You're gonna add more organic matter. Uh, uh, to your point with the pollinator bees, you know, being in the buckwheat, that was extremely noticeable to me because um, you know, that was basically like a one acre buckwheat plot, essentially. Yep. You walk through there and there's this bees everywhere, and then you walk over to the next yep. spot and there's none. So that yep. was really cool. All the moisture retention, I think, is obviously a huge thing in terms mm-hmm. of uh you know like with how f- the fog and dew in the morning and it's the soil is holding a lot of moisture and to yeah. to your point there's uh two different plots i checked yesterday where one is bare dirt hard as a rock and mm-hmm. then you go to where there it's soybeans but in there there's so much moisture is borderline muddy and that mm-hmm. that has to make such a huge impact i wish there was a yep. more side-by-side comparisons on youtube uh, of yeah. all these different things just so you could help mm-hmm. understand how impactful it really is.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep.
0: There's so, there's, a, there's a guy on uh, on YouTube too, and I, I need to pull it up. He does a lot of stuff similar to that where he shows uh, no-till brassicas versus till brassicas. And mm-hmm. what was most interesting was the no-till brassicas was such a clean food plot. And then mm-hmm. the worked up one was just infested with
1: weeds. Yeah, there's weeds. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So there is, you know, and there's uh, the no-till, I mean, it depends on what you're planting really. And I I think the more, the more experimenting that's being done in side-by-side comparisons, I think, you know, we're finding more out every year. Jake Ellinger, I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. It's uh, Habitat 360, I think is his group um, business name. But, you know, he did a side-by-side comparison with crimping uh, on soybeans he has one of our one of our called, you know, Packer Max crimpers. And with soybeans, the actual lightly tilled soil did far better yeah. than the crimped soil or you know, the crimper because it's just it's a bigger bean, you know, it's a bigger seed and he just did not get the germination um, that he got by burying seed with actual dirt. So That's that was right. just interesting, you know, yeah. that um, now I don't know. Uh, I don't remember if he if he crimped it and then called a packed it, which may have helped a little bit. You know, maybe I don't know. Um, but the field that he tilled and broadcast and packed it really was a big, significant difference in, in germination rate. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. But. So, w- what about so and and to the other points too? It, it's definitely it helps with erosion. It is faster, mm-hmm. and also you yep. can put it in locations that that you otherwise couldn't, which are all. To me, really, really big pros, but yep. to your point with uh, that scenario, it it wasn't it, uh, better than this strategy. And the other thing too, I'm sure you agree, there is something really nice about looking at a freshly worked food plot. You step back and you're like, oh man, this looks nice, and the fresh smell of dirt, work dirt, mm-hmm. is so nice. Yep. I do miss yep. that. I will be honest, yep. I do miss that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I whoops, I'm what I just did. Um, they still got you. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, yeah, to that, even after you, like you till, you broadcast your seed and you pack it in with a Packer Max, I just love those lines, those Packer Max lines and the grooves, man. You look like a, like an absolute pro when you're done. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You stop back and go, yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I I do love that. And And honestly, it is an attraction too. the wildlife. I don't know what it is when they smell freshly. Till dirt I, I get so many pictures of various wildlife walking through my food plot and it's nothing but dirt you know so that's interesting yeah. it's interesting
0: yeah it is but yeah and it's just uh when you and then like comparing that to uh broadcasting seed and the dead weeds and then <laughs> trying the packer right. max over it is not as right. uh not as satisfying but seeing a clean no. Food plot with uh hard, hardly no weeds. I mean, that's the that's yep. the, the give and take for sure. But that's that's something yep. I miss. I will say that's a, yeah. a con of it. When I'm
1: telling, I'm pretty anal about it too. Like if there's one blade of grass sticking up, man, I'm hitting that again. <laughs> <I'm> not- <laughs> sure. That's funny. Can you can you think
0: of of any other cons of this like no-till rotation for food plots? Because those were just ones that I came up with, kind of uh, yeah. the first thoughts. But let's let's talk a little bit about. The, the lightly tilled? Cause it sounds like that's a strategy that you use quite often.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've kind of, we've, we've gone to that almost, you know, on, on all of our food plots now, anything that we're tilling we're we're lightly tilling it. Um, so we have uh, a, a woods tiller and it has the adjustable feet or skis on it basically. And we, I mean, we're only doing, you know, two inches of the top, you know, of the, of the surface of the soil. That's, that's as deep as we're going um and i've had i've had especially with like cereal grains you get away with clovers and brassicas you can get away with a little bit more they're more forgiving because they are so small and it does not take much to bury them and so um we've planted a lot of cereal grains on our property because it's it's um it's about the only thing that we can plant that will stand up to the browse pressure um, you know, we plant, I, I, I show people this picture all the time, but I planted four acres of, of, uh, brassicas in one of our big fields and it was absolutely stunning. I mean, it was, it was knee deep in, 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 you know, in, in forage. Um, and then we had, you know, softball sized uh, turnips across the whole field and they absolutely annihilated that field. And it was completely, all the forage was completely gone by the middle of November. Um, wow. And we still had, you know, turnips and stuff. But I mean, it was it looked like I hit it with a, a brush hog that was, you know, an inch off the ground. It was incredible how much they they ate. So if we tried to do we and we have to put dual perimeter electric fences around our turnip plots to keep them off of it until it's established. So um, so we have, you know, a significant amount of deer We we harvest. We shoot a lot of does but nobody around us seems to, and um, so which makes it difficult because we, I don't know how somebody would farm on there. Um, it'd just be impossible, you yeah. know. Um, so, um, so cereal grains keeps you know keeps up with our browse pressure, and so all of our hunting plots are, you know, a blend of uh, it's a grain bin from Five to Two Outdoors is what we mainly use for that. It's uh, rye, wheat, oats, peas. And then we'll top seed it with their uh, red clover, and it's a, it's called overtime. It's red clover and radish. Um, you know, we'll top seed it with that. And um, you know, we've we've done a whole bunch of different uh, seed blends, like like uh, biologics, uh, Green Patch Plus, you know, stuff like that. Um, we've, we've we've used a lot of different seed you know seed brands and various blends to do that, but. Um, so, we plant all of them in in these cereal grains, and we will lightly till, and then we'll broadcast the seed you know into this in I like to, to uh, till in our fertilizer too. Hmm. Um, but but now we've gone to almost exclusively this dairy dew product. Um, it's a it's a natural it's actually um, made from from uh, poultry manure and uh it's politized it, they politize it and um i absolutely love that stuff and because there's so much salt in organic you know in uh uh in fertilizer you know and or synthetic fertilizers have a ton of salt and so um but i do like to till that in anyway so then we'll broadcast this the you know the this the uh the rye mixture and wheat, oats, peas, and then we'll call the packet, and then we just leave it. Um, we also will top seed it with that over time with the red clover and, and uh, radish, and then we'll pack it again. And then we've been spraying liquid fertilizer, that plot doctor, also um, liquid fertilizer and lime, and so it's way easier to manage uh, a couple of gallons of lime than it is a couple thousand pounds of lime. And yeah. Same for fertilizer, you know, um, we've been using, I can't really, we've been using dairy do dew and the liquid lime or the liquid fertilizer combined. So I don't really have a, you know, experience just using one or the other, except in a few few areas. And it seems to, you know, seems to really work well. So. Mm-hmm. And I, I do a, f- a lot of foliar feeding with the plot doctor, like on my screen. Uh, matter of fact, I'll do a foliar feeding this weekend of my, you know, brassicas that are in the ground, just to give it that, you know, give it that boost. So, mm-hmm. um, but so the light tillage, you're, you know, you're not getting down deep and tilling all the, you know, tilling that you're leaving a, the lion's share of your topsoil alone. You're not, you know, you're not killing all that. So, um Um, you know, so it, uh, that is a huge benefit in that, but then we'll, we'll pack it in. And then once we're done with that, that's when we spray our plot doctor stuff on it. And, uh, you know, the rest is history and we just sit back and pray for rain. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are benefits to that because you, you know, the actual tilling portion of it, you, you, you know, you, you don't have to, uh, up your seeding rate. Um, you know, but there again, A lot of guys are, it kind of depends on what your goals are too, uh, as far as the tilling or disking, you know, you've got, you've got, uh, if your goal is to just throw out some rye, and, you know, have a little bit of green for the deer to come in and eat, you know, awesome. Um, If not, you know, if you want to start getting into managing your soils, you know, and and doing, you know what I mean, it's just kind of, kind of depends on what your goals are, and uh, but a lot of people uh, are are getting more serious about their soil structure, their pH, their you know, they're doing soil tests. They're they're trying to do it right, and and at the end of the day, you're actually cutting down on your actual inputs too. So, but one thing nice with the the ply doctor fertilizer too is it's all carbon based, and the dairy do, you know, it's all it's carbon based basically. It's it you won't burn. Uh, I, I use their liquid nitrogen right on my screen mm. right in the middle of the day. It won't burn it. So that's interesting. Uh, which is re- Yeah. Which is really nice. So,
0: hmm. so I mean you've done a, uh, you've done a lot of different food plots here over, over mm-hmm. your years, and I'm sure yep. you've made some mistakes. So mm-hmm. what do you think in terms of people you talk to and, and, and things that you've learned over the years, what do you think most people are doing wrong with their food plots?
1: um a couple different things no soil test huge mistake you got to know where you're at you really do i mean if you want to do it right um you're wasting fertilizer and lime okay so we for instance with my 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 uh my my soil test this year came back um the the generic amount of plot doctor fertilizer would be uh, one gallon per acre well, having a f- soil test, I knew I only had to put two quarts per acre. So I saved myself almost half, mm-hmm. you know, and at $80 a jug, it you know, that's considerable. And so if I didn't know where I was at, had no clue, I would have put a gallon on. Um, so that's a huge mistake, not doing a soil test, not knowing where you're at, you know, not knowing where your where your pH is, because you're ever the, the, for every... For every point lower your your pH, say it's six point two, you're only using about you know, I don't even know what the exact number is. I have a chart here somewhere. Um, you're using considerably less of, of the fertilizer that's available the lower your pH is. It locks it into soil, and so you're 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 burning money on fertilizer that may never get used. Um, so the other thing would be to not know how big their food plot is. I hear it every single day, every day you so will come in and they say, I say, how big is your food plot? And they say, oh, it's about an acre. And I say, okay, an acre is a football field, you know, for visualize a football field. Is it as big as a football field? Well, probably not. <laughs> and I say, okay, okay. So, and then we'll jump on my onyx and we'll measure it. And it turns out it's only like a third of an acre. Yeah. And they say it's an acre. Well, if I sell somebody enough seed to put on an acre, say, if I sell them the Brassica blend, Packer Max blend, and I sell them two bags of because they tell me they got an acre, and they go out and spread both those bags on a, on a third or two thirds of an acre, that's gonna be way too much seed. And it's gonna, you know, it, it it's gonna literally choke each other out. Mm-hmm. And so they're not gonna be happy with me because I sold them something that you know, that Oh, it didn't work. Well, you told me you had an acre. <laughs> so know how big food plot is, go out there, either range it with a range finder, pace it off, uh, go on the Onyx maps or hunt stand. Uh, I think DeerCast has it now. Measure a farm logs is one. Um, mm-hmm. Measure your food plot and know how big it is. You know, Just know. it's, it's and, and then the other mistake would be not taking notes. Somebody asked me what I thought maybe one of the best tools for a food plotter would be on a set of notepad. And they're like what i said a notepad write it down what you did this year write it down how much you use what you did what you plan have it notes on each field so that you know and that way you can refer to that what did it work well no okay well what did i do you know and so i don't know if anybody's like me but i can't remember what my last name is half the time so <laughs>
0: it, yeah as soon as as soon as i catch myself ever saying oh i'll remember that I know it's time to write right. it down because I will not remember that. That right. is definitely one of the 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 biggest things here. <laughs> so, you're, got, running a, you're running a have, business there. I get yeah. So if anyone listening <laughs> uh, or watching uh Link is running a business there right in his office. So if uh, if there's a pause, that's why. <laughs>
1: so it's funny because we're actually getting plot doctor delivered as we speak here so <laughs> oh perfect
0: yeah well, and the, other... From,
1: if, if he, the other thing with that with that whole liquid fertilizer thing that is such a huge advantage too is is if you have any questions about it you know i can answer those questions or brad from harper growing solutions that dude is a genius when it comes to soil nutrition and everything and so um you know you can he knows more he's, he's forgotten more than i know so uh huh. So that's yeah. helpful too
0: the other the other interesting thing too and when people are like well i really don't want to pay for a soil test in terms of uh what what <laughs> you'll save and everything else it's well number one like why you have to know and number two uh in your instance right. you, you would pay for itself in the, the first application
1: it would pay for itself and you know a, a really good high-end soil test that we offer here in the shop is i think 18 bucks and you can get them done for as low as you know 10 bucks but. If you want a, a good soil test, like you just said, it was it, it pays for itself just in savings on nutrients. When when you talk th- in it, I'm telling you fertilizer is is crazy. Also this year, I mean, you go to buy a bag of triple 19 once it's 40 bucks, like you used to be able to get it for 12, yeah. you know, so you know, that'll pay for itself quickly if you only have to put down one bag and you think you have to put down four. So you know, it's just know where you're at, take the time to do it all is super easy. You know, you you clear the clear the the debris away, take a take a slice of the top four to six inches of your soil. Um, Put it in a bucket. Uh, You do that in like four different places, five different places on your food plot, mix it all up, spread it out on some, you know, like on some paper or some cardboard to kind of dry it out a little bit because you don't want to send in you don't want to take this moist soil and throw it in the bag and then ship it in because, you know, it can contaminate it. So dry it off the best you can. Put it in a bag. Take it to the post office. Send it to Bio- Biologic and labs. Uh, Wait till Institute has them. Your local co-op can get you, you know, uh, soil tests. It's quick. It's easy. And just do it. It's just worth it. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: That's so, okay. Yeah, I think that's. that's so know really- how big your food plot is
1: and get your soil tested.
0: Anything else? Do you think people people plant the wrong stuff in terms of uh, like, for instance, it sounds like you have a lot of browse pressure and you've gone to grains because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that can, that can keep up with the with the herd.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have. I saw a ton of that of that grain bin for that very reason because I a lot of hunters that come through my shop hunt up you know northern Michigan area and they are going to run into the same thing. If I again, if I saw them a bag of the uh, you know, the Packermax brassica blend and they plant it and the deer eat it the first, you know, when it's, you know, four inches tall and they wipe out, you you just figure eight deer come in there for, for three days, yeah. eating eight pounds of forage per, per deer per night, that that's going to disappear. Yeah. And then they're going to be looking at, you know, stubble in there. And then they're going to have to come back in and, and plant something else. So.
0: Two, yeah. Two uh, thoughts on that. There's a, uh, I planted my, my beans later. Uh, soybeans Mm -hmm. 10 acres and uh they were doing so well they weren't getting eight and then now that all the other beans Mm -hmm. have matured now they are just getting absolutely hammered destroyed yeah it's so yeah it is ridiculous the damage that they're doing right now and it was uh yeah if you just shrunk that down to even two acres uh it would be a lot even more you know even more ugly um so that, right. I think that's, that's yeah, most
1: people don't have that kind of, even the 10 acres, most people don't have that kind of acreage and food plots. I mean, again, 90% of the guys that I talk to are doing, you know, like one acre or less. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost all food plots are, are, are not very big, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to use something that they're not going to destroy before it ever gets a chance to go. So, yeah, I would. So that's would pretty definitely. important. Clovers, clovers are, are my, probably one of my favorite blends. I love clover blends up in up in the sandy soil, we use a medium red clover seems to really do well in that sandy soil. Um, deer I've noticed that the trend is it's staying warmer longer into October. Um, you know, even like our clover is still actively up and growing in the end of October, in a lot of cases, and the deer are still really hitting that clover. They love clover early season. Uh, it puts out a lot of forage for your deer. It puts up a browse browse pressure. Um, if you do a couple of chemical applications and maybe a mowing every year, it's super easy to maintain. Um, and it's the first thing, one of the first thing that's available in the spring. You know, after green up is that clover, man, and they're on it. And uh, so, and it lasts. You know, with the exception of you know ultra dry years, it will it will feed them all summer, uh, and then well into the fall. And then if you've got a cereal grains or something else to back that up, you know you're good. So I love clover.
0: Do you know by chance? And uh, I'm putting you on the spot right now in terms of some of these different blends that you're on you know, How many pounds of forage per acre you can get off a of food plot? Very technical um, question. <laughs> Catch you up. Yeah, it, it it
1: but but it varies it varies a lot as well because you, number one, I mean if you like like brassicas for instance our our Packer max blend puts out a ton of forage given the opportunity to come to maturity you can get about 30,000 pounds of forage uh, per acre which is a lot um given the chance to grow to you know maturity um which it really does in a food plot situation so like yeah, the other the other thing is with like the grain bin for instance like we're planting food plots we're not we're not harvesting a cash crop of of grain off of it. We we want stem count. We want you know as much forage as we can. So you know I I do not have a problem overseeding a a, a cereal grain uh, more than you normally would. We we actually top dress in uh, the end of September with cereal rye. You know we'll we'll top dress all of our plots with cereal rye just to get a new kind of a new growth of of green. Uh, you know that's that's a little more palatable um so uh pounds per acre i honestly on cereal grains i i don't know i really don't mm-hmm. yeah, um, i know that clover can put out a lot too so
0: maybe someone out listening has that has that information handy because i'd be really curious to know what what that is
1: mm-hmm. that'd be really yeah cool. um the other cool cool thing too to put around is a um uh put a utilization cage in your food yeah. plot and that that will absolutely that speed it blows people away when they do that I mean, they can have you know carpet in one section. and put the utilization cage in there, and it's you know, it's it's a foot deep, you know. So um, that's kind of cool to to do that too. I do that a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so, it is crazy
1: when you just to keep track. Yeah, yep, yep. I, so. I totally agree
0: with that. But um, anything else here? I want to be respectful of your time. I, I think we covered a lot of uh, really interesting things. I've uh, bought my with Max this past year, and I'm really happy and uh, excited to. Basically, keep implementing that that plan and, and postpone ever having to yeah. buy a tracker for a while, at least at least for a little. Yeah, time. yeah,
1: I, I appreciate it. I really do. Um, you know, Packer Max has been a it's it's a great tool. Uh, whether you're doing no till or whether you're doing you know uh, uh, shelter minimal tillage, whether you're doing uh, a combination of both, it's a, it's an effective tool. Um, you know, you get better seed to soil contact. You get better moisture retention. Uh, you get better germination rates uh, and you just get better all, you know, overall food plot performance. Um, if you're gonna do all this stuff and, and, you know, do your soil test, put the proper amount of fertilizer down, time, money, why not do the final and one of the most important parts of the whole process and that's called a pack. Yep. And that's whether you're doing no till or not, you know, push that seed down into the soil, get the seed soil contact, boom, you know, you're off to the races. So, um, you know, it's been, it's a, it's a great piece of equipment. You know, it's, it's built to last my own unit you know, is over 10 years old. Wow. Um, I have guys that have talked that I talked to that are still running the original, you know, from 2003. And so, um, they will take a beating. Uh, we, we stand behind our products hundred percent, uh, we pride ourselves on our customer service and uh, it's 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 just been beyond my wildest dreams how well we've done in the last four years it's just been an uphill climb because it's a great product wicked um, and it's easy year. to yeah you know oh my god yeah, that's one thing last year we struggled epically because of uh, you know supply and stuff like that this year we learned a few lessons last year this year we got ahead of it we actually hired a uh, we, we're all of our packaging and shipping is being done at another facility now in Kent City, not far from here. Our offices now are just, you know, we sell food plot seed and, um, and uh, I sell real estate too. So you know, I do some of that out of here. But uh, um, and so that's been epic. Because if you ordered today before noon, it would still go out today. Yeah. And if you ordered this afternoon, it would go out tomorrow. Yeah. And so um, you know, we, we've we've we have they're doing all of the inventory control. So we, you know, it's all in their system. You know, they're we're reordering at certain levels. Uh we know exactly what our lead time is from our metal company and from our from our roto molder. And it's it's, you know, and we can concentrate on instead of me spending, you know, five hours a day printing labels, shipping. I'm spending, you know, yeah, and yeah, exactly. And I'm spending that time uh getting, you know, marketing, getting the product out there, calling people, you know, uh running my business instead of. Um, printing labels all day. <laughs> For <laughs> so. sure. Well, uh,
0: th- they're doing a great job. I can attest to that. But um, I'll let you. I'll let you let people know how they can find you and uh, the Packer Max website, and, and we'll call it a day. And uh, appreciate the time.
1: Yeah, sounds good, man. I I appreciate it very much. And so yeah, look us up on. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Packer Max uh, Two Xs. Uh, otherwise, we're on uh, our, our website is uh, packermax.com. Very simple, but like, just going to remember the two X's. So, and if you, if you just Googled Packer Max, you know, we'll come up. We're all over YouTube. Uh, our YouTube tab- t- channel needs a lot of help, but everybody else has really cool, <laughs> cool videos on their YouTube channels. So we're working on it. We just got a drone too, so oh, those are so that's those gonna are fun. be that's gonna be fun. Sweet beer. roll so,
0: <laughs> Well, that that sounds yeah. good. I, I encourage everyone to uh, to check it out. Like I said, I I, I put mine to work, and um, I still have uh, plenty to learn in terms of how to how to best implement yep. it. But so far, really excited.
1: One last thing too, we yeah. made right here in the USA That's huge. So yep. Yep. And it's gonna stay that way. So that's awesome.
0: That's key. All right. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. There you guys have it. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it with a friend, leave a five-star written review. If you enjoyed it, it would be greatly appreciated. Also, we have two absolute great episodes coming out back to back on the Exodus Podcast with Andy May. You're gonna want to listen to those and take notes for this upcoming season. I guarantee you'll be more effective with a bow in your hand. So that is it for now. I hope you guys have a great week. Until next time, see you.